All right, everybody, welcome back. Episode 17 of the Young Old Heads podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm here with my co host and card legend, Cards Max, Max, Cards Max Worldwide, Cards Max Worldwide, Galaxy Wide. Max, how are you doing, dude? I'm doing well, given that I'm as wide as the galaxy with my reach. Um, I am a little fatigued. I we are recording this right after I've probably had like two to three hours of eBay listing today and more and more pictures taken for cards. I'm a little fatigued. I'm getting the hang of it. I'm trying to get faster at it. I'm learning new methods to streamline my eBay listings even faster. And that has been what's been on my mind because it's fresh and it is exhausting. Yes. So last week we took our first ever week off because my sister was getting married. So I had to go home and I had to help with that nonsense. Obviously it was a great wedding. Don't want to say the wedding was nonsense, but I had the audacity to schedule a we- uh, wedding on a weekend when we're supposed to record. I know. Don't people know the weekends are for recording young old heads podcasts for real, but I, I feel you on the eBay listings. I spent all this week listing, doing my stack sale on Twitter, which is always very fun to see the dollars add up as people's replies come in and everything, but not quite as fun when you go back around and have to add up everyone's totals and organize all the cards. So I think I made it where I can at least pay off most of the card that I'm buying off you. Uh, so that was fun. And I was able to get rid of some cards, get some cards into guys' PCs for pretty good prices on terms of, I had a lot of like Albert Pujols, Ken Griffey, Ichiro, LeBron, Luca base stuff that I gave, I pretty much was, you know, doing like half off whatever comps people could find. So it was fun to do that, but it's exhausting. We had the LEDX card show yesterday, which was a huge success. The second time ever, um, it was a long day, but we, it was a good fun show. Uh, Max, I have a new theory for you on shows. I have a theory that the ideal ratio of people walking around with cases to people who are just walking around like normal human beings are is like, I want 40% of the people there with cases and I want 60% of the people there not with cases. Do you think that's an accurate proportion? I think, I think we can use those as two different metrics. The higher proportion of individuals with cases is indicative of how well the show was with promoting. The amount of people on foot traffic is relative to how the strength of the show's local reputation. Generally, as someone who likes to wheel and deal, I like having more people with cases, even though they usually have football cards and I hate football. And I, those are people that I can't really deal with. They're like, oh, your baseball cards, baseball's lame. And I'm like, no, they're cool, I swear. But I think the proportion doesn't matter. I think the more the merrier, but I think the proportion is indicative of both how well the local acclaim of the show is, as well as how much attention it is nationally getting. Yeah. I think, I think this is something I just want to start going back to as we go to all these shows across everywhere to connect on what is the proportion of people walking around with these card cases and everyone knows what I'm talking about. But um, Max, you were at a show this weekend as well. So the Lettuce show was a big success, but it was a smaller show in terms of the grand scheme of things. And I want to hear about your experience this weekend. I was at the East Coast National in, I believe, Suffern, New York. I So the East Coast National is, I want to say, has been in the area by, I think, JP Show Promotions 
they run my local Long Island show. They are very well established in this area. But my gripe is that they were probably the third largest show this weekend behind Denver, which I think was 250, 300 tables. But from my understanding, was much more modern focused. And Burbank in California was the big, massive show that drew everyone's attention this weekend. So the fact that we're having, we have the East Coast National be show number three. I mean, nothing against Luddock Show. Luddock Show is also another big show happening, the Chicago Monthly or whatever. Show. We're, we're, we're small we're time for now. We're getting up there, though. I mean, but I, I mean, 100 tables is nothing to scoff at. There aren't 100 table shows every weekend. I want to say mm-hmm. Hickory, which was the biggest show in North Carolina when I was show going. They were like 250 to 300, and that was the biggest show in the area. That was probably once every two to three months. Yeah. But East Coast National being number three show of that week, they said 500 tables. I don't believe you. I don't think there are 500 tables. Maybe part of it is fatigue and that a good proportion of the vendors are New Jersey, Long Island, or some are New Jersey, Long Island based. And I've seen their inventory so many times that it doesn't feel fresh. Um, there's what definitely was the, a large, what was the proportion proportion. I want to say it was probably like 35 cases to 65, no case, maybe 30, 70. Uh-huh. All right. So not baseline. too many, I mean, context being, I only went on Friday. I, my plan was to go on Friday, have, I had some cards. I wanted the Beckett raw card review. The first in line there, I was first in line. I was the, actually, I wasn't the first, but for this context, I was first in line. I was able to destroy the value bins and reap them and use them to my benefit. Wouldn't have been able to do that without Friday. So I can't say what the representative traffic on Saturday and Sunday were, but on Friday, it felt very empty. Yeah. I think it's tough with these shows now that school started, I think, especially to see like, there's this big push to make the all these shows like three, four days long, like the national or whatever. And I know that there's a show coming up in Vegas that's trying to do a similar thing. But it's inter- I'm interested to see going forward. We can maybe make a note and start talking more about like if we see a big change about like weekend attendance versus weekday attendance. I know at the national, there definitely was the biggest crowd, I think, on Saturday. So that could be a point for that. But um, Max, do you want to give us a rundown a little bit of like, so it's mostly East Coast dealers. I know that in my head, that means more vintage than anything, but I want to hear what, what is like the breakdown of what type of cards were you seeing there? Mostly vintage stuff or I'm trying to provide as much of a dissertation I can without completely harking them and just being disparaging. But I was disappointed both by the crowd and we were in, you know, essentially a larger gymnasium for a community. It's okay. It's okay to be disappointed in this show. Max. No, no, no. I want, no, no. I want to convey my disappointment, but I don't want to be disparaging and attacking. But yeah. to my knowledge, like there are one or two, I believe there's two main promoter, at least what, from what a vendor was telling me, there were two main promoters of the national of the mm-hmm. big national sports yeah. car collector convention. And JP show promotions is one of the two main promoters. And you are having, near zero social media presence. I know JP's normal shows aren't even on Sports Collector Digest. You are taking a backseat to people who started post-COVID and you are losing. There is no reason why the East Coast National should be the third biggest show of the entire, of the weekend. This 
I know when it was in Hofstra last year, it drew a bigger crowd and that obviously there weren't competing shows during this time. Vintage Heavy isn't bad, but it doesn't inspire the youth. It doesn't inspire people who are going to travel to this show. I know another dichotomy is that I want to say several months back, Philadelphia and Dallas were happening at the same time. And Philadelphia has the, has the vintage bent. Well, Dallas obviously has the modern bent. Mm-hmm. And that made some situational sense, but you don't want to be competing with any shows. I don't understand what the benefit is from that. I was talking with a dealer, you know, so I'm like, Oh yeah, you know, East coast national, this is one of the biggest shows in the entire East coast every year. I was hoping it would, you know, at least like beat Dallas level. And the guy's like, Oh yeah, nothing would beat Dallas. And I'm like, that's bad. Dallas is a once every two, once every three months show. I think they're bi-monthly. I think they're once every two months. Yeah. This is a once a year show from one of the promoters of the national from what 50% of the people that promote the national, they run this show and they have immense local reputation. They have a really strong foot track pick for all the long Island local shows, the white plains show and the Hofstra show, the long Island national get strong traffic, but it feels like their presence is going to, I mean, I'm indifferent on whether they succeed long-term or, falter obviously as someone who loves cars i want everyone to succeed but i was disappointed in the lack of growth from 2019 when i was going to their shows or when i was 16 and i was going to their shows. so just a bit of disappointment i had some pickups i had some deals that was fun i got the most out of it in a day but i can say on saturday and sun you know today sunday on saturday and sunday i'm debating a two-hour drive to head back and i'm like yeah this this really isn't worth it Cards Max is not mad. He's just disappointed. Yes, I've received that feeling many times, and now I'm the one giving it. <laughs> and I think you bring up a lot of good points, as always. But as the one who runs our social media for the LedX card show, I think you bring up like some interesting points about, like, I think a new thing for a big show is to promote buzz and get people to travel there from out, out of state, out of region to go to the show. I think having all these competing regional shows this weekend was tough for that. But I, what I do know about Burbank is that Rob and the, you know, the shop is really good on social media and they're really good about getting out into the community and like they want to grow and be big. And like he posts a lot of stuff about the show. It was a huge, there was a lot of hype up to it. I know a lot of the guys out in LA, like Ryan, our boy playboy cards and uh, your notifications have been huge about huge about promoting that show and kind of making it, a statement show for the LA for the LA area. I know there's a lot of collectors down there, but not a huge, I think we talked about it with Ryan on the podcast when he was on it. Like there's not really a central show that, you know, everyone would go to would be like the show. So I think Burbank is the perfect partner, the perfect, perfect brand to run a big show in LA. And from all what that was heard about it, it was a great show. And there was a lot of modern, not a lot of baseball, and it seems like kind of the new wave show, which I'm all for. I'm all excited to see the content that came out of that show. I know there's going to be a lot, so I'm definitely going to be watching a lot of that this week. But that's my two cents on what you were saying. Is there? Do you have any plans of maybe making the trip out to Burbank? Did, was there enough buzz from that weekend to make you think, hey, maybe that's something I'd travel all the way across the country for? I don't really travel for shows. I have only traveled for the national outside of car rides. I want to consider doing Dallas again because Dallas looks very fun 
but also part of it is like the finances. I'm very dynamic with how I move cards. And I'm like, you know, the national, I was in a consolidation phase, our favorite word, so that I could crowd, you know, generate enough funds to make the trip worth it. And if I'm making another big show, I want to make sure that I have that aspect as well. I want to kind of tie in other vesting interests, such as seeing friends. I don't have family across the country, but would be seeing friendly family, make a trip out of it that makes it worth it. I don't know when the next Burbank show is, but as of now, no plans to travel. We started this show when you talked about how you made dollars on tops and out cards by buying bulk. So I think everyone understands that maybe you wouldn't be traveling across the country for a show, which I love because I think for most normal people collecting cards, you know, you're not about to like make a whole trip out of a card show. That seems like a lot when there's a lot of regional ones these days, but it's going to be something that we can just keep an eye out on for, because I know that that's something tops is really interested in, in terms of growing the hobby is creating more, any big metropolitan area. They want to ensure that there's some sort of good quality, like monthly, at least every other month show that, can create more buzz as you like to say and inspire the youth inspire the youth max vintage does not inspire the youth i heard from you about the, the east coast national but you know we're all about inspiring the youth here so make sure so if you do have a cool card show we also want to hear from people that are like at these shows so if you are at the burbank show or something and you have a story or something cool that you want to say that you would want us to talk about on the next show let us know so that we can get a little input from those other shows maybe we can bring a correspondent in who's, who went to that show at some point. Yeah, we'll, we'll get crafty up. for something with our listeners. I like to get crafty. We like to get crafty. Um, but what did you pick up, Max? We didn't really get into the actual cards. Usually we're talking pretty nerdy on the cards. So what, yeah, what were the I, deals that were made? What was I didn't done? have any like killer fun pickups. Oh, I had at this point, because like my pickups are very much a cross between like, oh, stuff that I like and stuff that, you bought quarterbacks. Looking. You bought quarterbacks. No, I traded out of quarterbacks for more quarterbacks, and I moved a few of my Desmond Baines. I moved my Desmond Bain Elephant PSA 10. So I'm now that I like have moved the card and that I'm not just like tearing down. Well, we're an explicit podcast. I'm not shitting on my own card, and nor am I like trying to like shill it and like bag load to someone else. I think that animal prints for panini are a very cool idea however i loathe that they exceed the print run of most actually short printed cards and also outprice them why i am so big on peacock short prints from mosaic is because they're actually fucking rare the short they are about one tenth of the print run of genesis which was kind of pseudo calculated by looking at the population reports for zion williamson's genesis and the peacock I know the Genesis is rumored about 300, 350. So that makes the Peacock about 30 to 35. Also factoring in that NBA Mosaic specifically had an issue where Peacocks were inserted into mega boxes and not just in the choice configuration. You're talking to the guy that was blessed by that problem. I am talking to the guy that was blessed by that problem. So Genesis, print run 300, Peacock, print run 30. Cool. Okay. I'm targeting the Peacocks. I'm not targeting the Genesis. When moving to select, we have, I don't know if they have Tiger or Zebra or Elephant or Snakeskin. I think they have three of those four. I know Zebra's I, I hobby. Think, I think Snakeskin might be just optic, but regardless, okay. the point is... is, is totally no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get into it. Um, 
so my PSA 10 Desmond Bain elephant was worth, let's say about a thousand to 900. I know raw, I know PSA nines just sold for about 400 and that's a pop 10, which means that there's obviously more than 10 copies, probably like a good amount more. Let's just say that the print run is like 40 to 50. I was bidding on a much uglier card and won a PSA 10 Desmond Bain courtside teal white pink parallel. That's actually serial numbered out of 10. And that is a pop two in a PSA 10. I won it for about 500 bucks. So I want a card that's maybe 500, you know, we're taking, we're doing, this is math class here. We're making up numbers, maybe 500% more rare for half the price. Yeah. The thing is, it's not cool. I think it's cool because I think it's rare. But I am much. I would much rather consolidate into a card like that, or even golds, even gold out of tens. If we're saying that animal SSP prints that, or maybe have a forty to fifty or three hundred print run, because Panini doesn't give fucking print odds, and we have to. I'd much rather get the serial numbered stuff closer to true if we can, because I know people don't like the discos. People don't like the choice. I like the fluorescence. I like the discos. I like cards, but. I'd stop overpaying for high print run animal cards, even though they look cooler, which they do. If you want a cool one that looks rare, buy a peacock. I just bought a Jalen Waddle peacock on my slabs the other day, and it's going to look great when it's in my mailbox Monday morning. That was an all time the cards, Max rant. I'm so here for it. I I'm, rest my case. I'm here for petitioning Panini to put print uh, or pack odds on their packs because I think it's bullshit that they don't. I think that it is shady and it's bad for the hobby to not have print to pack odds on the packs. I think that's annoying. I'm out on that. I'm out on that. I want a petition to stop that. I like your take about print run on those cards. I think that Panini is the absolute pinnacle of trying to co-opt coolness and make it pseudo rare and get people to think that this cool card is rare, even though it maybe is not quite as rare as they're led to believe while they have these other parallels that are rarer that maybe look like the other retail ones, like that select one you bought. I know that looks exactly kind of like one of the very common retail parallels that select had, even though your copy's out of 10. So maybe on face value alone, that's something that could have made the auction go for less, but um, I'm all here for less animal. I'm here for less gimmicky parallels. I want. I'm in, I'm pro cool. I'm pro cool. Super short prints. But I don't want if you know if I'm dictator, if I'm king of the card world, you are. which I am, <laughs> then I want cool SSPs that do not have higher. Print. I want cards with low print runs to dominate the pricing. I don't want cards with more quantity to dominate pricings. Oh, they look cooler. Okay, then make the cooler ones the rare ones. Make the pink disco out of five hundred seventy. I don't give a shit. Make but, cool cards cool and rare. Don't <laughs> make them mutually exclusive. That's actually a really good point, even though you said it in kind of a funny way. Like, how much should common parallels differ in appearance from rare parallels? And you don't want, you know, you want cool parallels to be accessible to people. I think monopolizing cool parallels in the low print run stuff where it's less accessible to people is not always a good idea. Um, I think a good example is like the diamond parallels from 2011 tops are actually not super rare. But parallels. Even, even like looking at 
vintage stock. Okay. I know in, it used to be target exclusive. I don't know if it was just vintage stock or the vintage logo, but it, it was vintage stock and it was on serial numbered. It was on serial. I know. And it, yeah, was, tar- it, was, it was target. It was target exclusive. exclusive in, I know definitely 2010 and I know it was 2011. And then I think 2015 had some throwback in it to it, although it wasn't the traditional vintage stock. And then traditional vintage stock in the 99 started in 2016. It was a retail parallel because it was boring and there's no justification to make it rare. You had to make it rare in order to make it actually coveted. What about, here's a good one for you, advanced stats parallels in flagship, the outer 300 ones. Those are pretty rare. Uh, very probably the least cool parallel out there though well the problem is we now have tops pumping and churning more and more parallels that are meaningless oh now we have purple green orange red right. ice who's worse at it though tops or panini i think panini's way way worse the thing at it. with tops is that we can actually do the math the problem well with panini it's not that there's less collectors Maybe there's less modern collectors or set collectors. Set collectors, I think. I did most of Mosaic base set. I did put a good chunk into the green Mosaic. Still unfinished projects. I'll finish them. I'm a finisher. But with that, no one is doing a full purple Mosaic disco set. No one cares. But there's probably at least one guy crazy enough, and maybe that guy is me, to do a full advanced set. Advanced stat parallel set of whole, that, of that would be the ultimate baseball nerd move and i would support that but i think what you're saying is basically panini is all about the rain individual player rainbow and that's kind of that's kind of the panini set my basically. point is i think panini can may be doing it more egregiously and can get away with it more because there's no pack odds and no one cares about the parallels at the end of the day while tops it's a main state main flagship bookmark of the set yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think Panini, yeah, there's a lot of problems with what you're saying. And I get the frustration on why, like, you don't, Panini and, like, no one's building a select basketball set. There's too many cards. There, Every player has different cards. It. I've never heard of someone doing, I've seen, I've heard of people doing prism sets. And I know Dixon Cards on Twitter does, like, a really cool, like, parallel binder page thing but he's not building sets he's building like nine card binder pages of a parallel um what would you say is like i what would you say is panini's cross product most desirable parallel probably the gold solid gold out of tens right yeah probably solid gold out of tens but i think if we're talking like we're surveying people I think Silver Prism is the first one that comes to mind. Obviously, it's not the rarest, but it's, I hate this word when it comes to collecting, the most iconic parallel from the set. And I think that's a good way of comparing Tops and Panini is through like their, what their most popular parallels are. I would say Panini owns the Refractor game of like, they own the Silver Prism. Those are more rare than Tops Chrome base refractors. Yeah. Like, what even is Panini flagship? Is it Prism? Is it Donruss? Is it Hoops? But I think there's more like the refra- the Silver Prism Optic, Silver Prism Prism, Silver Prism Select, Courtside or whatever. Those... They just love that word. It's great for my eBay titling, but they just love to call everything a Prism. Yeah, but the Silver Prisms in all those sets 
are arguably the most popular parallels in each of those sets. While Tops, you know, Bowman's best atomic fractors get love, while the, you know, Tops Chrome uh, refractors probably is one of the most common. So that's a great example of your like rare versus cool parallel example. Like that's yeah. the most popular one. But I think. Well, think about if we got blaster boxes and you got one base refractor per box and you got maybe one sepia per box because that's the equivalent rarity of what a silver prism is. You get one silver prism for blaster box, if I'm not correct. Yeah, no, I, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Refractors like, I, are just more common. Yeah, exactly. Which leads tops to have like other things that get love in each type of product, which I think is more interesting to collect when there's a more desirable parallel in each different product that is not the same exact parallel. You know, does that make sense to you? Like the Donruss Optic Silver Prism, Panini Prism, Silver Prism, those are kind of the same. Like people still want that and it's pretty much the same rarity across those products arguably um which is just a different approach which i think leads to leads to people's differences when it comes to collecting panini and tops i wish more i mean both from like a selling standpoint how's your dog doing oh he's barking the the <laughs> man is delivering chinese food to the house and the dog is barking he wants a bite <laughs> hey that is a good metaphor for something that we will think of later. But the dog biting? Yes, the dog working for something. What the dog what what are you looking at? What are you looking to buy post East Coast National Max? What, post East Coast you're, National. You're coming out of it with some quarterbacks. I think what I was you, just like I was very fuming about like me disliking the East Coast National and like me moving my Desmond Bain elephant. That's where we were at. I moved the Desmond yes. Bain elephant. I picked up the teal white pink. And yeah. I got the two white pink for effectively half the price. Yes. Even though it's way rarer. I was very fixated at that point. But yeah. I hunted a lot. But I hunted a lot of dollar boxes. Part of it was I was just targeting good deals. But also like value I will say value boxes are definitely an IQ test. But even like you can press me on my Glaber card knowledge. I'll win. I'm a genius and I'm a king. Like I saw like two something that I guess I will probably upload and have for sale. I posted them on Twitter for sale. Um, I picked up two Glaber Torres 2018 Top Scrum Sapphire cards, and I got them for a very good price because there's a very ugly PSA 10 sale. And I guess those are my second and third copies. For the longest time, when I got back into collecting in 2019, that was like my grail, like getting a Glaber Torres Sapphire was my grail and i got one kind of for free tommy did i ever tell you the story no i no. never heard this no story. it's actually was a very cool gesture um i was selling my 2021 bowman sapphire boxes and the box i sold had an austin martin purple sapphire auto to 10 so that sucks because that was like probably like a five six thousand dollar card at the time that checks out but your, your luck with wax yeah i usually open all of it except for the ones where it's like yeah i'm clearly gonna lose on this i'm gonna make this smart way out i know when i sold my star wars sapphire box for like 600 there was like a 500 card pulled or something like that so i'm like oh yeah of course like you know all the boxes suck except for the one i sell yeah but that, that's important to note dude still probably lost money on the box 
Yes, probably. Ah, uh, no, he didn't. I, I know he didn't. Right. Maybe. Anyways, anyways. Um, but as a gesture of paying it forward, he was like, "Oh, like you want this like Baron Laura auto?" I'm like, "Yeah, I PC Glaber. Like I don't care. I'm happy for you." Oh, I have a Glaber Taurus Sapphire Raw. It's clean, or you know, not necessarily contingent on that fact, but you know, it's clean. I think it's going to PSA 10 once they reopen. But like you can have it and enjoy it in your collection. And then he sent me my PS, my Glaber Taurus Sapphire rookie card. I'm over the was over the moon over that fact. I eventually submitted it, and it did ten. And I don't think I'll ever move it. But now I picked up two more raw. I don't think either of them are gem. But I'm like, okay, cool. I have an excuse to hold two more until I list them on eBay, and maybe they eventually sell. But I was like, okay, cool. Oh, and I also found a Glaber Torres Heritage Action for seven bucks. That's an eBay card because I already have a PSA nine. I paid. Well, yeah, we're really nerding out into Max's Glaber collection right yes, now. Please, I please bought. Do like 130 back in like 2019 i bought like a 130 dollar lot of i think some glaber cards and the biggest thing of it was the action parallel i sold everything but the action i was into the heritage action for 70 i knew it was off-centered but i wanted to take a shot anyway since it didn't get created it nined i still owned it now it's worth maybe 20 30 bucks but hey i bought a raw one for seven I bought a raw one for seven this weekend, which is just like a representation of how much Glaber stuff has fell. I'm always here for a nerd out on your Glaber Taurus PC. Uh, can you give who is the guy's name? Do you know if he's cool with that? Like who gave you that card? That's because that seems that's an awesome story. Um, I know I I'll dig it up and yeah. I will get it back. Because I'll, I'll I'll do my bit about my favorite interaction I had at the Lex card. I, I, yeah, I will say like I think like he saw my. Yeah, I remember he forgot my name too when he's like, Oh, I bought it. I think I was like, Oh, I bought it on Twitter. And, you know, and he's like, Oh, yeah, you know, I pulled this, you know, Austin Martin from a guy on Twitter. I'm like, That was me. That was me. That was me. Um, it's at M I underscore Jared, Jared Miller. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter. Yes. Um, follow M I underscore Jared on Twitter. Very, very cool guy. I see he still has the Austin Martin Purple Sapphire. I see he's as of August 10th, which was my birthday. He's still tweeting about the Austin Martin Sapphire and that. And I see now that it 10, 10 at PSA. Oh, damn. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I'm not, good for him. And a good came reminder. from my box that I sold him. Yes. Good reminder that the hobby's great. And that if you easily look. one of the coolest acts of kindness or, you know, comp, whatever, like yeah. I pulled a 10,000, $5,000 card and I feel bad gesture. Cause that put me over the moon. Yes. Not everyone's brackyard breaks. There's a lot of good people out there, and shout out everyone who's doing good stuff in the hobby. I had one really awesome interaction. I probably bought some of these cards below comp, way too below comps. This is actually, to preface the story, this is the first time that I've ever built a stack through someone's value bins. I've shown them the stack. They've given me a price, and I've said, I have to pay you more money than that because that is me robbing you. And it seems ridiculous that you would want that little money. The guy was incredibly nice. His name is Jeff. He was, he said, dude, don't worry about it. This is all relative to how much I got these cards for. And I know that if I give you a good deal here, you're going to come back. And he is an amazing guy. So shout out Jeff. He's not on any internet. He's not out there on social media. He just sets up at local Chicago shows. Does he, he have electricity? He does just have electricity. Internet. He does smoke marijuana. He does not grade his cards, though. Every card he has is raw. It's all between 
a dollar and you know 500 bucks but i found this is our boy kimball sunsport trades me is jealous of these i found three tops american heritage 2009 refractors out of 76 we got duke ellington we got sam adams we got john quincy adams these are incredibly rare cards they're out of 76 they're refractors they're etched they're super nice refractors these cards have been something that kimball has been trying to build the set of i and just an appreciator of the set. Um, he sold me all three of these cards for about 10 bucks. I know that each one of these probably goes for 50 plus bucks on eBay. Sam Adams. If, if, if Kimball's the buyer, it goes for 50 bucks. Nah, dude. Even auctions. Even the random guys these days. Sam Adams is 76 out of 76, cool. which is pretty sweet. Um, and then I also, in the same lot, got a bunch of the Chrome out of 1776 from that same Topps American Heritage set, which we've talked about before. But I also got... A very cool card, which is a American Pie. American Pie foil from oh. 2011. The Obama announcing that Osama bin Laden is killed card, which is I'm been starting to think in my research of Obama cards is definitely one of his cooler cards of one of his cooler, you know, one of his better moments as president. So I got this. I got 38 cards from this guy, including those for $50, which, you know, I comped out some of them comes to about, you know, 200 bucks 250 bucks so i told this guy i was like dude i feel like i should give you more money than this he says no so that was my cool hobby moment of the week and also the only cards i really bought at the Ledex show just because i've been saving up for the posy so my my i got my blinders on i'm a race horse i'm um i got it's the last stretch i gotta get this posy card from you i gotta keep raising the funds so i was not buying too much but you know, you know, I love a dollar bin. I love a bin of cheap cards that are all non-sport cards just because no one ever has that. We had a good conversation for about 20 minutes about the value of Americana cards and raw cards versus why he just, his whole attitude about the hobby, I just really love. So shout out Jeff. Great interaction. Great reminder that guys that have been around in the hobby for 30 years, you can just constantly learn stuff from. And not only about cards, but also just like about how to operate in the hobby how to get customers back, how to be a good guy, how to how to just be a contributing member to the hobby in a way that's beyond just like building your collection. So shout out Jeff. I had a great interaction with him. And Kimball's gonna be jealous. I already sent him a picture. He said he needs all three for his set. So I think I'm gonna hook it up with him. Well, it's gonna be a good deal. Um, but that was my fun that I had yesterday so outside two- of me running the social media stuff for everyone. Yeah, so our two 1776 related notes um, one was that do not sleep on Tops Independence Day cards, serial numbered 17 out of 76, exactly number 17. I had my nice little DJ LeMahieu experiment and I bought it at a show for 10 bucks. I saw it was number 17 out of 76. I'm like, you know what? Let's just, I'm overpaying a little bit for this, but I know it's serial number 17 out of 76. Sold it on eBay for $19.99 within a day. Easy, flew off the shelf. And if you ever see it, I mean, it's technically the equivalent of a one-on-one. Um, and then the second thing, <laughs> yep. I mean, it's true. I mean, there's only one copy. I'm all for pro-fun serial number collecting and valuation based on like an interesting, fun serial number, no and matter what it is. Second thing was that when I was value box hunting in Garfield, New Jersey, I picked up two U.S. Constitution cards from 2006 Topps Chrome Baseball um yeah i got them at 70 cents each they were james McHenry and george taylor it is to my disdain that both are worth 
under two bucks each. They're both and, worth a dollar, yeah. Yeah, they're both. I didn't get my value there, but excuse me, no. James McHenry was U.S. Constitution. George Taylor was Declaration of Independence. Yes, great set, set, great set. Is it though? It's know. a great insert set. If you add up all the backs, it creates the Constitution or yes, the Declaration, that is cool. which is, that is cool. cool. That is but cool. I'm, but but I'm like, they're not okay, rare. They're not rare. Yeah, they're not rare. But I, that yeah. was my encounter with it. Yes, because I ripped that Topps Chrome year baseball a year ago, and I pulled an Alexander Hamilton Constitution refractor, and I was like, wow, this is sick. Like, with the play out there, this got to be, like, a pretty decent card. Three bucks or something. I'm like, this is this seems off. That's why I'm just holding those. I know there's a guy on Twitter who's building that set or has built that set, and I think that's... In terms of tops being creative with their insert sets, they they used to try a lot harder than stars of the MLB and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. Cool we've, insert sets. We've we've talked about that though. I think Max, we've had both had long weeks. I want to leave people wanting. For you want to leave time. it on a good note. Yes, and guess what? Thirty-seven minutes in, we won't be bailing next week. Last week was an anomaly. Don't expect us to be taking many weeks off. We will occasionally I'm have a week off. A slower show week. I have local show this week, and then I have I have a bleaker night Tuesday, local show this weekend, and then I'm probably taking the weekend off, and then I'm going to try and set up again the following weekend. So I'm slowing down with shows. Yeah, well, that doesn't sound like it too much, but bed checks. I'm taking a whole weekend off next weekend. I'm going to be in uh, Indiana. I'm going to go to the baseball card exchange grand opening for Ludex with Ludex. Uh, that'll be fun and a cool way meet some cool industry people um and then i'll be at the ship show for labor day at least the trade night on sunday night i'm not sure if really ship is coming up this soon yeah they run it every uh like i think they do memorial day labor day and i think great. that that might just be it honestly but great i'm inviting myself to sleep on your floor yes you are totally welcome and also ledx is now sponsoring the show which is cool and as one of my favorite shows out there i'm really hyped about that um max we probably talked to a lot of people this week can we give a quick i want to do some shout outs here at the end i spent a lot of time with uh, manny this week or yesterday and love manny make sure to follow him and the too thick podcast reckless card shout out great guy um i had a lot of fun walking around with him for a little bit at the show um there wasn't too much actually yeah there wasn't too many people at the athletic show who i hadn't seen so- in a while well, obviously, Saul. I mean, who I hadn't seen in a while. My homie Saul, obviously. Saul like, actually I showed me Jeff's Saul table. I got to give a quick shout out to Saul for letting me know what's up with Jeff and the table that I bought all those cards from. But I know that you talked to our boy, Old Man. And that's his official Lennox. Right, his official Young Old Head's nickname is just Old Man because that's his Twitter. But I saw Old Man 28 guy. Loved talking with him. He's a great guy. We talked pickups. We talked wheeling and dealing. Um, I also saw Brandon Barrisane, great guy. Um, yeah, I was going to say his handle is at Brandon Barrisane. Old man's handle is at A-H-J-O underscore seven. And I want to shout out uh, Frank Lubati, who is a master of listing and selling on eBay. And I have asked him so many questions. I've bumped into him in person a few times, and I saw him at the East Coast National. He has been phenomenal both as a resource and as a person in just helping me along and showing me the way and also seeing him in person was great shout out everyone who 
takes on hobby men- or mentees, teaches people the, the ways of the world and how, how to not only, you know, collect in a good way, but also to do it fit like smartly and create good relationships. So shout out everyone like that. Um, we do have stickers now for the podcast after months of procrastinating. I made it happen. So if you need a young old head sticker, DM us. We created a Twitter at young old heads underscore on Instagram. I believe it is just young old heads podcast. So if you follow, we're on the social medias now. So make sure to give us a follow there. I'm a, we're still working on, you know, putting out reels every week with clips from the show and, you know, some other fun stuff, maybe some, some giveaway stuff at some point, or maybe just like another place to connect as a young old head community. Um, so make sure to give us a follow there. Uh, Max, I'm exhausted, bro. I woke yeah. up today. I played basketball with my friends, and then I jumped in Lake Michigan, and I feel refreshed, but like, you know, like a content tiredness. It's a good feeling. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna continue blowing up your phone with every cardboard thought I have, and you have please, to answer them. Please do, please do. Yeah. Honestly, wait. Quick shout out if you're on Twitter, follow that account that has every like the greatest cards of all. Oh, time. I don't like that account. Why not? I don't Why know. Not? Why, I don't like dude? It. I like my, my 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 guts smelling fish. All right. Well, we'll have to follow. Or do follow it. that account. We'll I like seeing cool Listen cards, to Tommy. dude. I like seeing cool cards. I'd rather see a cool card, no commentary, than some nonsense take about whatever, dude. Sometimes you know. Sometimes I just want to see cool shit. Sometimes you just want a cannonball in Lake Michigan. Yes, that's that's what I just did. But I got. So much math I got to do with these stacks right now, Max. I am semi-dreading it, but also not dreading it because I'm motivated. And I like selling on the occasion. And this is fun for me to be able to at least spread out some young old head stickers around the country. You know, make some... I definitely like selling because you get some new connections. Like, I definitely had, you know, about 10 people I had never interacted with who bought cards for me who now I have some, you know another person that i know who likes cards and is a good guy so shout out those people that bought cards for me shout out you max for dealing with my busy schedule in life and i'm so excited for the rest like i feel like the rest of the year dude we're gonna have a lot of cool stuff that we're gonna be able to talk about maybe have a couple cool people on but i'm just i'm hyped for what we got coming i'm excited everyone else should be excited are you excited i live for cards I live for cards. That's a good that's a good point and a good way to end. We live for cards. We're the Young Old Heads podcast and we'll see you guys next week. I think probably to be safe, it's going to be definitely either probably Monday just because I'm going to be in Shipshwan unless we can record during the week, which is TBD. So just make sure to follow us on social media and we'll be more transparent about when episodes are coming out. And yeah, see you guys next week. Bye.